Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week we review the Sabbath School lesson about prayer power, interceding for others, for Sabbath, July 25th. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Prayer power, interceding for others. In uh, James 5, 16, one of my favorite verses, uh, found there in the New King James Version, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another to, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Wow. You know, the power of prayer. This is something that, you know, I used to hear a ton of when I was younger, but it's, it's starting to lose its, I don't know, um, I guess you could say his, its dynamic in the church. We need to pick this back up. I'm so, so glad that Mark Finley inserted this into this, into this quarter. Absolutely. I mean, there's power in prayer. Yes, there is. So can you tell us about a cosmic struggle? Yeah, I mean, I think this is where our lesson starts off is recognizing, you know, oftentimes we don't recognize or understand the full picture of what's going on around us. And so that's where where scripture kind of can open our eyes a little bit to realize that there's something more to our everyday struggle that's going on um, each and every day. And that is this uh, cosmic conflict that's going on between Christ and Satan. And we see that depicted for us in Ephesians about the struggle of uh, principalities and powers. But Revelation 12 uh, verses uh, 7 through 9 really kind of unpacks this a little bit in one of the clearest passages on this topic in Scripture It says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. We know from elsewhere in Scripture the dragon is Satan. Yes. Uh, And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And so the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. There you go. The deceiver of the whole world. And he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So this context is very clear that... There is a spiritual struggle going on around us in the world. and Absolutely, as, there is. As Adventists, sometimes we call this the great controversy. Yes. It's a great controversy between Christ and Satan. You, you know uh, what I've... Uh, this is so important to realize. Seeing people that have fallen out of the faith, that have fallen out of belief in God, the first thing they, they don't... They stop believing is not God. They stop believing in Satan. They stop believing that there's actually dark powers or principalities. Matter of fact, they embrace those things. Uh, I can't tell you how many things that you turn on Netflix or you turn on television, you turn on music. Yeah. And these are things that are softening the blow, making Satan, putting him like actually in an empathetic light. Uh, And so we have to be very careful because if we stop believing that he is real, we stop believing, we start believing that God's not real. And both are absolutely real, and there is a cosmic conflict that's going on. Oh, and I I appreciate that because, you know, yeah, I think the popular culture, that portrayal, we have to make sure that we remain anchored firmly in Scripture. Scripture says very clearly that, you know, where sin comes from and Satan, um, you know, this, this originated in a spiritual crisis in heaven above that has erupted uh, down here on this earth through Adam and Eve, of course, but yeah, of course, uh, we have to understand 
our origins and context, how this how this takes place and its significance. You know, uh, and, and Michael, you can probably speak to this more, but as a as a child, this has always stuck stuck with me. This made me more of a believer than anything else, which is uh, a minister preaching saying that Ellen White has a quote of saying, if we could just see the spiritual warfare around us, mm. <laughs> how it would actually affect us. And yeah. I actually went through and read the, the quote myself. I can't think of the reference right now. But as she's mentioning that, I just start imagining and seeing and realizing, man, this is actual warfare and we need to pray like we've never prayed before. Yeah. You know, and that brings up the whole question of angels, right? That that yes. they were real. Yes, and, and they uh, are real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we see that in the Bible sometimes that they're, it's possible to see them, but oftentimes not, you know? Yeah. And uh, shout out to one of my former students, Miguel Patino, now teaching at Montemorello. So he wrote his dissertation on angels and angelology. Wow. And, and so uh, for some reason, I don't know, it seems like we kind of downplay that with the world around us, with all of the emphasis on science and science is, has its place and it's and so on. But science only can deal with the repeatable, uh, discernible, observable uh, experiments, you know, and so and, and that's important to understand God's nature. Science is a part of that. Uh, but in the realm of the supernatural, dealing with angels, we can't predict when an angel will appear. Uh, that's that's not something that we can control in human terms, right? But yet the Bible makes it clear that such human, uh, not human, but su such uh, supernatural creatures, I guess, um, that, that they do exist. And it's a part of a cosmic uh, conflict going on across the universe. Yeah. Uh, and... and with that mindset, with that frame of mm -hmm. mind, uh, going out to Monday's lesson, talking about Jesus, the mighty intercessor, because we're not in this alone. We still have an intercessor who's still praying for us. And that's Absolutely. Jesus Christ. And so therefore he's on our side. Yeah. But, it, but here it talks about Jesus ministry here on earth. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, I just have this, I'm going to pull up Luke three, verse 21. And I'm going to reference the other two. Mm -hmm. It says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, uh, the heavens was, uh, the heaven was opened. And then it goes on to Luke 5, 16 and Luke 9, 18, talking about that Jesus went off in solitude into the wilderness mm -hmm. and he prayed. So he had a life of prayer. And it's yeah. very important to, to see that. And Michael, you're you're going to reference for us Luke 22. What what does that share with us, or is it Hebrews 7:25? Well, I'm actually going to um, I encourage our listeners to read Luke 22 on your own, verses 31 to 34. But I want to really um, the, this verse in Hebrews 7 makes the same point. I think I'll just read it. Uh, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. Talking about Jesus now, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And oh, I just wow. love that, you know thinking of Jesus, um, he's not there trying to keep me out of heaven. Jesus is interceding on my behalf um, as my Savior, um, as prayer warrior. Jesus prayed here on yes. this earth, but who did he often pray for? Yeah, he prayed for he prayed for the disciples. He prayed for the people. Yeah, and even in future tense. Yeah, you know, he prayed all for us. Future disciples. So Jesus prayed, I mean, yeah. amazing. John 17. Yeah. You know, be of the ones that they're going to convert, right? Like, right. It's, it's a, it, he, he prayed... And you know, that's the thing. I, I think of my own prayer life and mm -hmm. I have a rule, which is I need to pray uh, when, it, when it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. 
if I spend 10 minutes praying for myself, I need to spend 10 minutes praying for other people. At least, yeah. At least, at least. And Jesus did so much more than that. Yeah. He made him pray for himself just a briefly, and then he went and prayed all night for others. Love it. And uh, uh, there's something else that we, yeah. we need to get here, which is we need to not only follow after the principles of Jesus, but we need to follow after the lifestyle of Jesus. And Joseph mm. Kidder, I'm going to give a shout out to him. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had a survey that was out, and he shared that the average Christian prays less than three minutes a day. Ouch. And the average pastor, you know, he does so much better. He prays less than seven minutes a day. Wow. And and uh, he says he believes that actually includes that little foo-foo prayer we do over our food right before we eat. Oh, yeah. my. Now <laughs> and, you're scaring me, Buster. And we're asking, where is the power? Yeah. We, we The power comes from our prayer lives. Mm. We need to ask God to intervene. But that only happens when we actually kneel down, bend down the knee, or yeah. bow down our heads and actually ask God. You know, and I think Jesus's example is is obviously the the most significant, the supreme. You know that that we want to reflect on. But I can't help but bring out a little Adventist history here, please. And uh, you know, our early Adventist oh, pioneers yes. they were praying pioneers. Yes, they were. They were earnest. And um, there was a memory statement I came across some years ago, uh, talking about uh, one person's memories of. Uh, one of the early Adventist pioneers, I, I seem to recall, I think it was Jane Loughborough, but I could be wrong. Uh, but anyways, uh, and, and she remembered that uh, he had his clothes had a sheen to it because he had reused it and reused the suit. And and then and, and so it's this old suit. So he's not living high in life. You know, he's a very uh, self-sacrificing kind of individual. But but then what really stood out to her was on the knees yeah. were patches upon patches. Wow. Patches upon patches because he had been so earnest in prayer on his knees in his private time. He didn't talk about it or brag about it, but but there were the patches on his suit pants, you know. <laughs> and uh, to me, that's just a... Um, that's a, a kind of evidence that that just speaks for itself. I, I just got goosebumps right now. Right, you know, there's yeah. power. There's power yeah. there, and, and you wonder why some people are like, oh, it's position, it's power. No, it's prayer. Yeah, power on on one's knees. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So speaking of that that power, uh, let's talk a little bit about Paul's intercessory prayers. Sure, and I, you know, Ephesians. Love the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read it uh, just quickly here. For this reason, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning verse 15, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, Mm. that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance of the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his prayer of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to, age come. to come. Amen. Yeah. You, praying unceasing. You know, uh, Philippians 1, uh, talking to the church there, Philippi, mm-hmm. very similar. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, make a request for you with all joy, goes on. 
And it tells them being filled with the fruits of the righteousness, verse 11, mm -hmm. which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. So he's saying, I, you know, Michael, I just had this, 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 this uh, lightning bolt that just flashed through my head. What if I start praying through my emails as I wrote them to people Ooh. instead of just or social media posts, social media posts, text messages, uh, you know, pray for that person that eggs you on is that is baiting you on something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and writing out that prayer. Yeah. You know what? I just thought of this. What if I wrote out a series of prayers for my kids and as they grew older, they were able to look Ooh. back and read those. I love it. You know, this is a wonderful, what a wonderful way to communicate mm -hmm. of not only we have actually. Uh, prayers written down uh, interceding on people's behalf yeah they're 2,000 years old beautiful <laughs> you know beautiful. It gives a, and, and so this this is very beautiful mm. how powerful is intercession that he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful completed is now a prayer for us that Paul wrote down 2,000 years ago you know what if God may be calling us to pray for those that not just the people that we like and oh. that we like to hang out with oh. but the people that make us mad and, and uncomfortable or frustrated or or I'll, I'll go a step further. Oh. Uh, we're, we're dealing with racism in this country, right? Um, what, what if we pray? Careful, Michael. I, you know, what if we pray for that person of the opposite race who may be uh, doing something either to us or hurting us in some kind of way that puts us down? You know, I, I'm going to hit on a personal note here. All right. Uh we've been pushing really hard for social justice and mm -hmm. we should. Yeah. Um, I not backing down on that, but talking with my parents who grew up in the middle of civil rights movement in Alabama, Decatur, mm. Alabama. Mm -hmm. And I realized growing up, my parents harbored no hatred towards any other races. Wow. And I'm thinking here, like I, I sometimes I'm stewing because of things that are happening now mm -hmm. and they're not a fraction of what my parents experienced. And I, and the reason why I say that is because we have to take responsibility on all sides mm -hmm. of sharing. Just because you hate me doesn't mean I'm going to give you hate back. I'm going to give love back. Yeah. And some people might call that weakness, but to me, that's the greatest strength we can have. And at the same time, I'm still going to call you out, but I'm going to call you out in love. Oh. And that's what we're called to do. Responsibility on all sides. So I'm right there with you, Michael. I'm right there with you. All right. So all right. I know we parked there for a second, <laughs> but tell us, uh, or no, no. That's you. It's you. Well, uh, on Wednesday's lesson, unseen powers at work. What are these unseen powers, Buster? You know, this here is Michael. He is praying, or, or Daniel, actually, he's praying. And he talks about the Prince of Persia. But Michael, his prince, actually comes up and, and actually helps him, helps mm. him out. The mm -hmm. chief of princes, uh, princes, I almost said princesses. <laughs> the chief of princes uh, came to help him. And it says, for I had been left alone there uh, with the kings of Persia. And so we see here that as Daniel is fasting and praying, that there is this power that's trying to intervene, but then God's power is actually stronger and actually comes through and pulls through. Mm. And so this shows us here the power of, of our prayer behind the hidden scenes. Now, you talked about a little bit earlier about the cosmic struggle. I don't understand why God chose this, but he moves as we pray. He moves. Think about that. Yeah. Because what happens, you know, it's the same thing for you know, my kids. Uh, they, Daddy, I want water. And my my, I, my wife has shown me, she's like, you know, just say, oh, that's nice. Right. <laughs> Daddy, may I please have some water? Absolutely. And then we go and get it. T to teach them, they need to actually ask for what they're looking for. Mm. God is showing us we need to ask for what we're looking for. And he moves. Mm -hmm. Now, 
we have Jesus interceding on our behalf, but I believe Jesus is interceding for us to intercede. Yeah. He's asking us to be a part of his movement. Participatory. Yes. Mm. Uh, and so think about that. Are you actually a part of this movement? Are you a participant or are you just a spectator? Ooh. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, God's calling us to be engaged in some way. And I think that's really where Thursday's lesson, uh, kind of to segue into that a little yes, bit, yes. Uh, is talking about how we need to actually specifically engage in intercessory prayer, praying for specific things. And I think to use your analogy of a parent, you know, as, as a parent of two children myself, you know, I, I hope as I see my kids getting older and hopefully more mature, that the kind of requests that they ask for are more than just water, right? You know, yes. and I'm trying to teach them responsibility that, you know, instead of waiting for me to, add, you know, to, to get them water, you know, maybe they could be proactive and put water on the table, but then they <laughs> ask me for something else, right? Yes, yes, And yes. so the, the, the level of maturity changes. And just as a parent and a child, I, I wonder if God's like that with us in our Christian experience, you know? Um, and, and what more mature thing is instead of to ask for something for myself, than to ask for something for someone else, mm. right? I mean, that shows a whole new level of, of maturity as a as an individual growing. And I think as Christians, um, that the same thing holds true. What if instead of me praying to get what I want to pray and say, you know, oh, I know Buster really needs this, Lord. This is going to be a huge thing in their family and their lives and start praying and actively and earnestly for God to intervene in your life, you know? And, and I think that's the examples here that we have on Thursday is uh, Samuel and Job. Um, read them sometimes. I'm, I, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read them right now. Uh, but basically, um, Samuel's, don't, God, don't reject your people. They screwed up. They messed up. Yeah, they messed up. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I know you love them. Please keep working with them. Job's the same thing. Uh, except for what I like in that, um, my takeaway from that is he pleads with God as a friend. Yes. And that reminds me of Ellen White, where she, in Steps to Christ, makes this beautiful statement of how when we pray, we should pray to Jesus as a friend. Yes. Um, and so, again, um, both of these praying specifically for um, other people and the people of God, the church, you know. Yeah. Uh, which, which brings us back to our memory text. The prayers of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's so effective and fervent is because he is righteous. The only thing that makes him righteous is not his acts. Yeah. It's the, it's the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ placed upon him because he is dwelling in Christ and he is asking for things, not for himself, but because he is a mature Christian, he is asking for things on behalf of others. Yeah. And he's yeah. interceding. And that's what we're called to do. And so asking Jesus as friend to friend, mm-hmm. please help my friends out. Please help my enemies out. Yeah. Do I dare say? Yeah. And so uh, I, I have to read First John five fourteen and, and 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. And that's verse 14 and 15. And I used to get mad at this because I'm like, um, when I was nine, I asked for a pack of M&Ms to be under my bed when I woke up. <laughs> and I remember telling my dad that, and he's like, that's not how it works, son, right? And he said, he said, you don't need to pray, pray for selfish things. Ooh. You start praying for other people. Yeah. And later on that day, when my dad came home from work, guess what he had with him? 
pack of M&Ms. Wow. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. What a, beautiful. But, but, but it shows us that we need to pray for others and we mm-hmm. need to do things for others and not just for ourselves. Yeah. And by the way, I, I, I just give an example since today uh, we're recording um, on the way here. I got the news that the General Conference Executive Committee uh, voted to approve Alex Bryant as the new president of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. So for he's the new leader of our church here in North America. And I, I will say, you know, I, I posted online and made it a matter of earnest prayer. Not that so much that he specifically would be the person, but that God would guide through that whole process. Amen. And so, again, I think as we mature and focus less on ourselves and others, whether that's in our other people in our family that we work with, maybe in our local church, but also for the work of God around the world church, right? And so our leaders and the selection of leaders, all of that process, I think we need to bathe in prayer that God will lead through that and um, and trust that he does. Can I say this too, mm-hmm. Michael, which is sometimes when we're praying for others and even yeah. even our, our local and our civil and, and, you know, world at large governments. Yeah. What it does oftentimes is actually emboldens us to soften our hearts towards them. Ooh. And so sometimes the intercessory prayer, yes, you're, you're asking the God to bless them or to, to move, but sometimes it moves you to actually start caring about others. You know, and, and back, I think that comes back to the, the whole point of this is um, God's interested in our spiritual growth and maturity. So what if God gives us the privilege of prayer so that we ourselves might be changed? Amen. Amen. I, I don't well, know what I else mean, to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll put a wrap on it then. So this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.